Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to another Nuggets W, this time by way of 108-105 over the Golden State Warriors on uh, Wednesday evening. It was a primetime game on ESPN. Uh, a lot of buildup to this one. Well, yeah, as much buildup as you can get for a game in early November. And it did feel like uh, for as big as a game was going to be on November 8th, that's what Wednesday night was. Primetime, the last two NBA champions, uh, a, a team that was 5-0 and at home in Denver, a team that was 5-1 and on the road in Golden State. Much better uh, early in the season in that department for uh, Golden State, considering how bad they were uh, outside of the Bay Area a year ago. Um, this was a game that we are not going to spend too, too much time on today. Um, just to be honest, if I could peel back the curtain and um, let you into uh, my life here, I have uh, already been on the air for an hour today at Brothers Barbecue. Uh, shout out, my friends at Brothers Barbecue. Um, uh, doing a fan war room, covering uh, Nuggets, Avs, Buffs, Broncos, etc. Um, so did that, transition to the podcast here I'll then transition to uh, my radio show, which is now four hours long. Uh, and then I'm going to transition to calling uh, DU men's basketball play-by-play against Cal Poly. So that is just a lot of talking, and I already feel myself um, a little bit uh, weathered, I, I think is a fair statement, um, just from life stuff. So uh, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time here today. Um, but I do want to get some thoughts out uh, on the game. A game that was, by the way, um, not aesthetically pleasing. I mean, it was not some brilliant, sexy, well-played basketball game. Um, sloppy, rough go, um, a, a, a night where uh, the Nuggets uh, do not shoot 50% had that streak uh, snapped. They were 41 for 92 from the floor. They shot 31% from three. Uh, when it came to free throws, they shot in the 60s. Um, so kind of an ugly game. Um, let's just dive right into it here. Uh, I thought Jokic by the Jokic's standard, um, didn't play great. Now this is where we're at with Jokic. And this is ultimately, I think the, the, one of the major points of where we're at with one of the greatest players of all time, um, where 35 points, 13 rebounds and five assists can be looked at as like a B minus performance. That is the standard that Jokic has set, which is just so brilliant of a statement. Uh, it was a night where Jokic looked um, frustrated, uh, a night where he looked tired, um, and a night where he looked like he knew he had a four-day break coming up and was ready to get right to it. Uh, shot a bunch of threes uncharacteristically. Like, so if Jokic shoots like five threes in a game, that's you know uh, an uptick. He shot eight of them. Uh, misses first six, I believe. Uh, kept on shooting it finished one for eight from three so if you look at his numbers from uh, the floor he shot 14 to 25 but seven of those misses are are from long distance and um, he did have three steals okay uh, did have a block all right um, so but by Jokic's standards just like huh he looked like a guy that was like okay no one else is going to be able to do this Jamal's not here um, 
and uh, tried to maybe do a little bit too much. Uh, but when he was aggressive going to the basket, he was great. Got to the free throw line, shot 10 of those. Um, I will say um, I am not used to, how should I say this? Like the only reason that the Nuggets won that game, not the only reason, but the central reason that the Nuggets won on Wednesday night on ESPN was Jokic. So I don't want to um, reduce the end of the game down to uh, something that it's not because you wouldn't even have been in that position uh, were it not for Jokic. But it was unusual for me to see Jokic almost directly cost the Denver Nuggets a game. Uh, there's like a minute left. Um, you just need to have a valuable possession. You just can't um, turn it over. Jokic tried a cross-court pass, like from one side of the court to the opposite corner. Uh, and I forget who was over there, uh, maybe KCP, um, but I'm almost making that up. So don't, don't, don't take my word for it because I don't remember and I didn't want rewatch the game. Um, but hit the cross-court pass that he tried that got intercepted by Steph Curry, who goes down and instantly hits a three. And Jokic ends up going to the free throw line, missing both free throws. Like, I'm not used to seeing those kind of sequences. Uh, so it was like one of these things where like, oh, he bleeds too, right? He's, he's a human being too. From the energy standpoint, talking about the, 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 the threes, the frustration standpoint, and then almost giving the game. I mean, he would have been so upset at himself these next four days if, if the Nuggets somehow lost uh, that basketball game. So, uh, but they didn't. They didn't. They were in the position because of Jokic, um, and almost gave it back because of Jokic. But they didn't. So the Nuggets. Uh, you look now; they're eight and one in their first nine games. They're a perfect six and zero oh at home. The eight and one record ties the best start in franchise history. So even on a night where the Nuggets didn't seem to have it, um, didn't shoot fifty percent, struggled from three, struggled from the free throw line. Um, you know, a night where Jokic has more three-point attempts than than turnovers. If you would have told me that ahead of the game, um, I probably would have loaded up on my Superbook app and bet the Warriors' money line, uh, and I would have lost some money. Um, eh, but that didn't happen, thankfully. Uh, what I actually did bet, uh, just to peel back the curtain again, was uh, the under. Um, I saw the public, and I did a video on my um, uh, Twitter you can follow me on Twitter at Byzline. Uh, I did a twi uh, Twitter video uh, for Superbook talking about uh, how eight out of every 10 people that were betting the total on the game were betting the over, over 226 and a half. So 80% of the tickets that the, the actual wagers were coming out on the over, but almost 70% of the money, so only 20% of people are betting the, the, the under, but that was 70% of the money. What does that mean? It means that real professional gambling money was coming in on the under and the public was betting the over. You got the Warriors and the Nuggets. Of course, they're going to score a bunch of points, right? Um, but the but the, the but the pros, this was a pros versus Joes, like, uh, you know, uh, professionals versus public. Um, and we cleared that uh, by uh, more than double figures. Uh, keep an eye out for those. And they're not going to hit every time. It's sports gambling. But I do do that, um, you know, once a week or so. Um, and we were all over it. Covered, like I said, covered by double figures. No sweat. Um, back to the game. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. got off to a good start. Uh, and then just kind of sort of drifted. Um, he, had, he had a good, good first quarter uh, offensively. Um, impactful. Um, but then just kind of kind of faded for large stretches of the game. Did a good job, again, on the glass. Uh, finished with eight rebounds. This is now turning into kind of like the norm. Um, he turned a corner in last year's playoffs in this department, but look at the last um, uh, handful of games. Or even just look at 
all the games so far this year. Eight. This is going from the Warriors back. Eight rebounds, nine rebounds, six rebounds, nine rebounds. Had five rebounds in 25 minutes against the Wolves, so didn't play a lot. Uh, had a, a very la- a lackluster one rebound game against the Jazz in 19 minutes, but then nine rebounds, 13 rebounds, 12 rebounds. So you you look up, and after you know um, nine games, uh, Porter is averaging nine rebounds. Uh, that's pretty stinking good, um, considering you know where that guy had come from in that department. Um, he was kind of a one-trick pony for a very long time, um, you know, averaging four or five rebounds. But he is averaging a career high, uh, eight. Uh, uh, is it eight? It's saying eight in the ESPN stat sheet, but I'm seeing eight point. Or no, excuse me, that that's broken down by month. Yeah, so he's averaging eight rebounds uh, a game through the first um, through the first couple weeks of the season. So we we, we would have taken that uh, undoubtedly uh, before we started. Um, I thought one of the bigger stories in, in the game on Wednesday night was Reggie Jackson. I thought Reggie Jackson played really well. Um, wasn't really sure what his role was going to look like this year. Now, obviously it's an elevated role because of Jamal Murray's uh, hamstring injury. And we did get um, news on that, that he's going to miss the remainder of this month. All right. It's only uh, November 9th at the time we're recording this. So um, it's going to, it's going to be, well, well, we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, but I just do want to give Reggie Jackson uh, a lot of credit. Um, you know, eight for 17 from the floor, 20 points. Uh, the Nuggets were plus 12 when he was on the floor, six assists and didn't turn it over one time. So the raw numbers were fantastic, but also it was the timeliness of, of a lot of his shot making fourth quarter finishing at the bucket um, in in high leverage moments in the game right all these points are not created equal um, all these assistant blocks uh, 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 Michael Porter Jr. had a um, significant block shot there in the fourth quarter high leverage moment right I value those more than um, you know being just a, a maybe a help defender in midway through the first quarter um, you know uh, so yeah. Uh, give give Reggie Jackson a lot of credit. Um, got a lot of love on the broadcast. Michael Malone gave a lot of love after the game, and he deserved it. Um, am I expecting this every night from Reggie Jackson for the rest of the month while Jamal Murray uh, heals up? I'm not. I think this is going to be up and down, right? Um, you know, played well against... Um, uh, I think it was Chicago on Saturday. Uh, doesn't play so well against New Orleans on Monday. Plays much better on Wednesday against the Warriors. I expect it to kind of uh, ebb and flow like that for uh, the veteran Reggie Jackson. Um, the bench was not particularly good at all. Um, they got outscored, and I have it here in my notes, 42-12. to 42-12. Not a good night for the bench. I expect the bench to reflect um, what I just said about Reggie Jackson, just just sort of be up and down. A lot of young basketball players, right? Um, we're you know all excited about Julian Strother coming off that uh, twenty-one point performance against New Orleans on Monday night, um, which I was there for. It was a treat to see it live. Um, he comes back down to earth. Uh, does Julian Strother in, in a major way? Uh, he, you know, had a quick leash, just eight minutes. Guys, he's a rookie playing in the best basketball league in the world for a coach who doesn't have a lot of patience uh, in Michael Malone. So that manifested itself uh, with a a zero point uh, night, minus 12 when he was out on the floor, looked a little bit lost defensively, registered one total stat, uh, one rebound, had two fouls. So not not, not a great night. For him, um, not a great night for really anyone on the bench. Uh, Peyton Watson, just sort of just out there. Um, Colin Gillespie, you know, if there's one thing I could actually tell Colin Gillespie, who I'm a huge fan of, 
uh, watched his whole career at Villanova, um, every every moment of his freshman year for sure, uh, for reasons I won't get into here on the podcast. But um, he is so undersized. He just sticks out to me. And we talked about that before, but he just looks so stinking small out there on the NBA floor. But one thing that he does have is the ability to shoot it. And when he's out there, that's one of the hallmark. There's not a lot of hallmark NBA attributes to Colin Gillespie. Shooting is one of them. He's got to shoot it when you're open. If that's one thing I could uh, relate to him or, or relate to him, um, that's what it would be. Um, uh, Zeke Naji, just not a good night. That's all. Just not a good night. Just, 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 just out there. Uh, um, no, nothing burger. Uh, six minutes, zero points. Grabbed a couple rebounds. Did have a couple assists, so I should put a little bit more respect on him. Um, but just not a good night for the bench, guys. Just not a good night for the bench. Um, that is uh, most of what I wanted to get to. Oh, big uh, free throws down the stretch of that game from Contavious Caldwell-Pope and a fantastic job for all four quarters defensively on Steph Curry. Uh, they highlighted it on the broadcast. It deserved the highlighting. Um, and I, I was happy for KCP. Wasn't a total non-factor offensively in the first half. Uh, got it going a little bit in the second half. Um, I bet him over 10.5 points. He finished at 10. Come up just short there, so don't like that. But um, when it mattered most, he was putting the ball in at the free throw line and sealing that game. Um and I believe that was just on the heels of Jokic missing both free throws. So stabilizing the veteran uh, brought a lot of value um, on both ends of the floor, even though the stat sheet, just the box score, won't, won't reflect the impact that he had because he did a pretty good job uh, guarding Steph Curry, who comes with its, his own unique challenges. Um, and uh, Steph, man, he's a demon, isn't he? I mean, he, he KCP did a good job. Uh, on him and Steph still finished with 23 points made six threes he's averaging six made threes a night which is just insane um uh and what else did I want to get to here before we close the book on this um I think that is gonna about do it guys I think that's gonna about do it um oh I did want to shout out one more thing um taking care of the basketball. You know, I know I was critical of Jokic in the final moments of the game, nearly cost Denver this win. Um, oh, and I want to circle back to the Jamal stuff here in just a second. But just in general, over the course of four quarters, their turnovers were way, 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 way down. Just six turnovers. That's the fewest in about a year of Denver Nuggets basketball. So, um, and then when you're talking about a winning margin of three, that's that's the difference in the basketball game right there. Um to put a bow on this, not related to the game, we did find out that Jamal Murray was going to miss the rest of the month. This news came out a couple hours before tip-off. All right. Um, this is um, this is a, a big deal. This is going to be a big deal. Um, Jamal is so important to this team. And you look at the schedule, the Nuggets have played a lot of home games. If you just assume that he's going to miss the rest of the month, month that's 10 more games. Seven of the 10 are away from Denver. So and then there's other conversations of Jamal needs to play in 65 games to be eligible for that Supermax, right? And, and, and you get there by making it all NBA team. Sorry. So just to unpack it a little bit further, you, you got to play in at least 65 games to make an all NBA team. And if you make an all NBA team, you're eligible for the supermax and the supermax takes up a, a percentage of your team's salary cap. All right. So I think it's like something crazy, like 30% or 35% of the salary cap is supermax, right? And it's actually, um, 
a, a mechanism to try to keep players, superstars, in markets like Denver. All right, because then that that home team can pay you more than anybody else, and typically these guys take the most money, right? So um, I think it just should be on our radar, just because. Um, not saying that Jamal wouldn't sign or would go to free agency, anything like that. Okay. Um, but uh, making an all-NBA team, making an all-star game, those were questions we had about Jamal coming into the season. And unfortunately, based off the news we got on uh, Wednesday uh, afternoon, evening, um, not, I don't want to say slim chance, but it, the, the probability certainly went down. And we can just say that. All right. Uh, next up is going to be Sunday uh, on the road against the Houston Rockets. All right. And then uh, the next time after that will be Tuesday. Uh, home against the Los Angeles Clippers, which is just hilarious. That comes with its own storylines and personalities and history uh, between these two teams. And uh, I look forward to setting the table for that on Tuesday's edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. And we'll be reacting to what happened on Sunday um, in uh, the early evening in Houston. And I'll just say this. I always was warned by my former co-host of this podcast, Earl Boykins, who would tell me, be careful, young players in a city like Houston. Houston is known for the nightlife. It's known for strip clubs. Uh, and when you're NBA players, particularly on the young side or old, with a pocket full of money, those can be late nights when you play on the weekend, right? You're playing them Sunday. Uh, that's going to be a long night probably for a lot of these guys on Saturday. Just something to keep an eye on. On paper, this shouldn't be a contest. Uh, the Nuggets should roll. But um, Houston has uh, won some games here lately. Right. So let's put some respect on their name. They've won four in a row after starting zero uh, and three and they just beat the brakes off the Los Angeles Lakers. So that's a more intriguing matchup than you might think uh, when you got the world champions in Houston against the Rockets. So, all right, we're going to leave it there for now, guys. Uh, please tell a friend about this podcast, share it with uh, other members of Nuggets Nation. That's the best way to grow this podcast. Follow me on the socials, on my YouTube channel, on Twitter, on Instagram, um, on all of them. Okay. So hit me up on there, hit me with some questions. All right. And, uh, again, best way to grow this uh, podcast is the grassroots. We've done great through six years, but I want to keep pushing. I want to keep pushing. I can't do it without you. Um, We'll leave it there for now, guys. We will check in on Tuesday and whatever happens on Sunday in Houston. We're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.